sorry you made these choices. You should have talked to your parents. They were right. This is Talking Chaos. Season 2. Like, it's huge as fuck, man. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Talking Chaos. I'm the Condor, of course. Who else is going to be here? This is like the 50th intro that I've done where I intro myself into the show. Why do I keep doing this? I'm not entirely sure. You guys get it. I'm with Heather Foster. I've got her. It's episode four of season two of Talking Chaos. She's a voice actor out of Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, and she refers to herself, and I love this, as the Merlot of VO. Uh, she's got quite the resume when it comes to voice acting, and I want to say that you've only been doing this a little while. Is that correct? A couple been, years, a few years? A uh, little over four years now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, you've you've got some pretty uh, creative credentials, and uh, one of the things that I immediately noticed was um, – it, I think it was called, wasn't called Covenant. What was it called? No, it was the, uh, for the 40th anniversary. Yes. Alien. I did a, I played the computer, the, you know, the ship voice, the mother voice of um, it. So it was Alien. It was Harvest. That was the name of it. Mm, so it's Harvest, a short, right. Yeah. And you can see it on YouTube and stuff like that, but it's also in, included in the 40th an, uh, anniversary DVD, the special yeah, that was pretty exciting because, I mean, I'm a huge Alien fan, huge Alien fan. And just the opp- the opportunity came and I didn't know, actually didn't know what it was for. You know, you just, a lot of times in auditions, you don't know the whole thing that you just get parts of it. And um, yeah, and I had actually worked with this director once before um, on a music video for the Parcells. It's a really kick-ass terrifying i saw video. that i absolutely saw the, the video? video yes yes crazy. Um, i spent probably three hours on your website yeah, and i didn't uh, know which, once again that, that yeah but where can people find you if they're looking you up so that they can find oh. all of these clips oh, yeah. just like i found them uh, it's heatherfostervoice.com Awesome. And I encourage everybody, no matter the industry that you're in, no matter who you are, check out her website because the, at the very least, you're going to find something that piques your, your own curiosity. And for business owners, I think you're an insane investment opportunity for advertising, marketing, whatever your, your um, goal is. But I uh, I found it really okay. So hypothetically speaking, or at least as much as you're allowed to get into, let's do the harvest project for instance. Okay. How did that entire thing happen? Oh, like do you get a phone call or do you? Uh, everything is digital. Everything's email now. So like I said, I had originally worked with this director on that parcel video, and I uh, auditioned through a, what they call them pay to play sites. Uh, or P2Ps for the voice actors, but it's a, it's just a, like I pay, I pay money to join them and then auditions come there. So it can, you know, and it can be, anyone can put an audition on there. It can be a mom and pa that needs a voicemail done or, you know, or a director, you know, um, they have big projects and little projects. And so on this particular voiceover site called Voices123, I put in an audition and I was playing a cop, uh, like a dispatcher. And they just wanted a real flat, like, you know, how they are when you call, you know, when you hear them on the news, they just, they don't seem very emotionally 
invested, you know, it's like 911 was your emergency. I mean, they don't, they don't care. Well, I'm sure they do, but they, you know, every, everybody calling is they're overloaded with emergency. So I played it very flat, you know, just, just the facts, what's your emergency. And then I just did a couple of lines that he had asked me to do and he bought my audition, which is a big deal when they say that's the one I want and I didn't have to do it again. So he bought it. Um, we worked out, I'll hash out all the details of what the, you know, what that meant. I won't go into all of those, but you know, there's different things for usages and money for different things. And anyway, we put together a contract. He paid me. Uh, I didn't hear from him. Again, I had never heard of this director. I didn't know what it was for. I didn't have any idea. Um, and then like, I don't know, like six months later, he sends me a link and he says, Hey, check this out. This is from the director. I was like, okay. And I remember exactly where I was because I was, it was around Halloween this, that this video came out and it was terrifying. I was like, oh my God, it was, it's such a, if you get a chance, listeners, check it out. Cause it's, it was spooky as shit. Really, like really. I didn't like it, like watching it, but I forced myself right. to do it out of respect um, for what you are doing for yeah, me well, right now. <laughs> the actress Mila, uh, uh, Mila Jojovich, the actress from like all of those. Oh, Resident Evil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Resident Evil actress. She's the main actress in it. And it was just really cool because, you know, she's she's the one calling 911. And it's my voice that she's talking to. I didn't meet her, of course. You know, this is all done. I have no idea. But she's acting to. Right. You were just given lines to read. Yeah, I don't know. I, I wasn't in the same room. We didn't talk or anything like that. But it just was kind of a neat moment for me to go, oh, my God. Oh my God, I'm talking to me like, you know, and I wasn't, but, uh, so that director, we had a really great time. He was super easy to work with. And he thought of me when the alien movie was coming out and when he wanted to put this together and he just came to me and said, Hey, do you want to do this? I was like, uh, yeah. So he had me read for it. I, I, I don't know how many other actresses he listened to. Um, but he said, Hey, you know, so he sent me some lines and he said, we love it. I have to run it by the studio. Um, da, 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 da. I had to sign um, some stuff with Fox, uh, which was really cool. And Ridley Scott had to approve my voice, which I about freaking died. I was like, what the what? My eyes got yeah, huge right? when you said that. So when, then... Right, that meant Ridley Scott. No, he had to listen to me and not only that, but sign off on me. And so that, I mean, that I was like, I'm done. Like as, as far as my pinnacle as a voice actor, I'm that's I'm done. Like I've done. I'm, I won. I, I win the voice acting award of the year. So right. there right? isn't a golden like, globe for that, unfortunately, but there should be, maybe there should be bigger for me. And, and so, and then, you know, so I knew that that was what was, it was for at that point. And then they had me do some pickups and stuff like that. Meaning like, Oh, we forgot. We wanted you to do this. And they have you do it different ways. Um, there's a really cute video of Tom Hanks talking about being Woody, you know, in, in toy story and like, just all the different ways you have to say things just so they, they have it. Cause it, you know, that you want them to have as much it's, and everything's digital now. So it's free pretty much, you know, for me to record stuff. Well, you know, I mean, we'll have this, we'll have this recorded and it's, it's relatively small. It's not like, you know, real to real tape. Or right. Right. Like yeah. There's no so, real effort that involves right. moving this. No. And then there's, and then, you know, it's the same thing with camera and selfies and stuff like that. You can take a million pictures. Well, back in the day when I was a little kid, you know, it was expensive to take a picture. You'd have to buy the film and this. Anyway, I'm getting up, I'm getting off track like I like to do, but 
so I did it a bunch of different ways and that was it. I didn't hear from them. And then he tells me that it was selected. Um, it was a bunch of different shorts that had been approved to be done. And then he made the final four. I guess there were like hundreds that they had commissioned. And so this was uh, the final four or six. I mean, anyway, there's, there's a group of them, but they were the final ones that were approved to be on the DVD. So then I get to go and buy, I actually went to Best Buy like an antiquated old lady so I could buy my copy of, of the, knowing that I was inside of it. You know what I mean? There's just, that was just really neat for me. I keep it, I keep that DVD. Um, Is it wrong that I'm like, I, I sort know? of have this weird skeptical attitude toward things. And so my initial reaction is they tricked you into buying the right, ridiculous right, 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 director's right. cut. <laughs> I mean, and the thing is, I do love the movie and it is cool to see the the movie again and, and to have it. But it, yeah, exactly. I didn't have to, but I just, I wanted to. So, but you can access it online. And, and like you said, on my website, heatherfostervoice.com, you, there's a video of it. You can just click on it and you'll see the whole thing. And it's only like 13 minutes long. It's a short. Um, and it I'm was the voice. really cool good. because I, mean, really good. I watched it with a couple of friends. Oh yeah. Like it was, it was like an event for us. Oh, cool. uh, my <laughs> friends were like, who are you going to have on? Well, let's do some research. And they're, like crowded around me in my workstation, which you sort of get a gist for uh, seeing as as you're looking at me through it. Um, so we're watching this video and my buddy Dave looks at me and he goes, when is she going to show up? No. And I said, dude, you've heard her like five times now. She's in the and very goes, first What? I said, she's the voice of the ship. Yeah. And he goes, what <laughs> i totally heard the voice like yeah. i know what you told me she was in yeah. but it didn't click like his it still doesn't register for a lot of people that how much we're so used to hearing voices everywhere we're so yeah. used to it oh yeah so, you know in an elevator or amusement park or anywhere or guided tour subway or yeah. so in television even on in, in videos and in, in television commercials you don't realize that there's a voice behind all of that because it's so embedded and in our experience. And also it's, it's kind of made that way where, you know, the visuals are a king. What you're seeing is the, the thing, but without those voices, you know, the, you know, the neat part is my role was actually towards the end, you know, it's kind of a big role. It gets, it adds to the, um, the suspense. The the suspense. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. When you hear, you know, like five minutes to, you know, and you hear that and you're like, oh God, they've got five minutes, but you're not realizing, oh, there's a voice telling me that you're just, all of a sudden you just, you just know that they don't, they only have five minutes. Why do they have five minutes? Because I told you so, you know, and then, you know, <laughs> hey, you know and then it's like, you know, well, that, no, I I, the end of it, but then there's a, there's a line that you're like, what? And, and then First I say it, then you see it. Does that make sense? Yeah. And that, and that makes your brain go, whole oh, shit. And you don't realize that I just told you what's going on here, man. You know? So, yeah, I love it. It's I so like tertiary sort of information, like that stimuli that you're taking in that you're not aware that you're taking in. Like, right. I love right. that. And right. that's where you, the the character of the ship that you're playing just goes totally under the radar like i love that and i know that it's, it's well done it should be unless you're playing a character 
you know, like a Woody or, you know, like a a cartoon character or something like that, then it really should be, or the, you know, uh, it really should be embedded if it's a video, if you're watching something, you really shouldn't be cognizant of it unless they break the proverbial fourth wall, like in um, Jane, the Virgin, the, um, the voice actor that, that does, and I think it's, um, it's Mendez is his last name. I can't think of his first name right now. Ooh, shame on me. He is amazing. He was amazing. That shows over now. I'm, I'm still in denial, but he made <laughs> I'm he's in really, denial about a bunch of shows like right? that. As it turns yes, out. Good. <laughs> and he added, so much to the show and we were as an audience hyper aware of him as a as announcer normally we wouldn't but he broke that wall and talked to us as a you know and it was it was really uh, added so much to the flavor of the show he was he was great in that he <clears throat> and he's a really fantastic voice actor so but most of the time we're unaware of it you know and my husband i'm you know i've been married for a long time and <laughs> my husband he still doesn't like listening to commercials. I'm always like, don't change the channel, man. I got to listen. You know, it's part of my homework. It's part of my job is to study trends. Um, you know, I, the, the path that I'm on, there's a certain genre that I'm really interested in. And I really want, I'm really working towards those. And that's in promo, network promos and things like that. Um, I'm the voice right now of Houston Sports Show, which is a huge deal because it's a sports show and, and it's a promo and, and it's mostly men. So hats off to Jerome, Jerome Solomon, who took a chance on me and hired me for that. He's also the... Uh, you know, he's the main guy on the show it was really a, a big deal because they don't, you know, you don't usually hear women announcers on these kinds of shows. So No, and they're finally starting to get yeah. some recognition as far as like what they know. Megan O'Levy is getting some some serious time as far as the UFC and Fox is concerned. So oh. I'm like super pumped. Well, and those, the women that are actually commentators. Yes. I see that we're seeing them more and more and more. And that's, that's, I'm not a, I'm not a sports commentator. I'm just, I'm like, no, but I'm, it's cool to see women cool. progressing forward with their voices. Yeah. yeah and that's absolutely. to some degree, you're doing the exact same thing. Sure. Like you're a, a driven woman who's trying yeah. to accomplish her goals yeah. through her voice. Uh, yeah, so you know, and, and you know, it, it is funny. I whatever funny is not the right word, but it's you know we're fifty, fifty one percent of the population, you know, and so I get that you know. Whereas in sports, you're not going to maybe have it be exactly represented fifty fifty. I get that. You know, usually on panels anymore, they'll have one woman in a panel of four. I think you know whatever. As as we start to on, on sports channels you know, specifically, mm-hmm. but, in the, but in the world of promo, you know, there's all kinds of shows that are geared towards women or men or both. And, and you're seeing or hearing more and more women do these. Um, there's a Anna Vecino who is a voice actor. She's amazing. She's the new promo voice of NBC. And I couldn't be happier. I just love listening to her. Um, she does almost all their shows now. And it's like, yes, finally, that is so cool. So I, that's that's where I'm hoping to go. Um, that's a big goal of mine is to you know work in that in that era um, area rather. And so yeah, that's uh, the, the you know to circle back. That's how, why is that? Is it because that's where the money is, or because that's where you personally get the most joy out of what you do? Well, it, I think it's well. There's a lot of money in it, or there can be a lot of money uh, in that. But that's not why. I mean, I 
don't tell anybody this, but I would totally do it. <laughs> but I would totally do it for free, you know, because um, I just I love it. Um, I remember growing up as a little kid and hearing, but it was always men, you know, mm -hmm. sports and and you know on ABC, and you'd hear this. It was always a male voice, but I just there was something about it that I liked. It just seemed, you know, just. Yeah, I just wanted to, I wanted to do that. I can't, I also wanted to be Joey Lawrence when I was a kid. I wanted to go on. That's, that's super hilarious because recently I did a bunch of research into the Lawrence brothers because I was like, why oh, yeah. haven't I heard anything about them in 15, 20 years? Like I used I to be obsessed know. with them. I was a kid. So it's, but I did a bunch of, I was like, where are all the Lawrence brothers? They, I, they would go on, well, Joey Lawrence would go on Carson, the Carson show, the Tonight Show, when he was a little kid. And like, I think we're like the same age. I'm 50. I don't know how old he is, but um, I think he's around my age. I have to Google him. But he would go on the Tonight Show and is with his little page boy haircut. And he would just sit there and his little legs were dangling off the chair because he wasn't even big enough to touch the floor. And he would just say things and everyone would die laughing. And I would think that wasn't that funny. I could totally do that. And like I was just like, why does everybody think he's so cute and funny? I could do that. I want to be on the Tonight Show. I want to be talking. You know, I just wanted to be Joey Lawrence. I just was like, yeah, that's what I want to be when I grow up. Which is weird because that's not what I am at all. And that's like was a weird thing for me to think. But I, I liked the attention that he got, and I wanted to get attention too. I'm a total attention whore. I love attention. <laughs> I wouldn't be doing this if I wasn't an attention right. whore to some degree also. So I, I totally it. relate. So I think maybe that's part of the promo thing for me is like, I love the idea of like millions of people listening to my voice and not knowing, not even being aware of it. But um, yeah, there is a big part of it is, is that, you know, it's like attention. Um, it's high level, but also um, I have performed. I, I, I know. I was taught, we talked earlier before we were rolling about musical ability and I don't, I don't play an instrument. And I find in my experience that voiceover actors who are really killing it, who just do a really great job, they tend to be musical. Um, they're singers or musicians or whatever. I just, I've just noticed this. Um, they can hear something and replicate it and understand the quote unquote music or the song of a spot or a production, you know, and they understand these things. I don't really learn that way. I'm more of a mover, a doer, but I was in musical theater starting from, I think it was 10 or 11. I was in the Labner and, uh, but I loved the theater. I loved musical theater in particular because it was like really big, big movements. You know, you're playing to the back of the room and it a lot of- It sounds like you were destined to be an actor. I'll, what always, did you do always. before always. you did this? Like what well, were you it, career? I, I always found, so I went through high school and I, I was in musical theater in high school and I, um, I never took uh, dance lessons. I never- um, I, we were, you know, we were poor when I grew up and that was just something that was money we didn't have. I did roller skate. I was a really good, I still am a really good roller skater. I'm like freakishly good. Um, but I, 
I am. I can still do all this stuff. I have because I'm older. I don't. I'm not. Do, I don't jump or anything anymore when I roller skate. You're not as limber as you once well, were. No, right. I, I'm just now. I'm just afraid of getting hurt. It's like you know. Oh right, right. I'm just afraid. Yeah. I don't, like. I don't want to get hurt. Um, I just don't take those risks because I'm smarter than I was when I was 12. But I was always in, you know, productions, theater productions. And I usually was in the role of the cast or, you know, because I could dance. I just was, I always picked up dance. I was in pom-pom and cheerleading and all of that stuff, um, which is what gave me my rasp, you know, the raspy voice. My voice has been low since I was a baby. You know, my mom and dad would joke around. He called the house and go, how's the baby? She says, baby's fine. How's the baby? Baby's fine. Because I talked that low. I was like, cat, dog. Do, do. But the rasp came from cheerleading, from screaming, you know, ah, you know, first and 10, do it again, you know, and right. scream that out. And then now I have this low raspy voice. Anyway, um, I always wanted to be looked at, you know, it was like, I loved being on stage. I love that stuff. I did sing in choirs and things like that and did swing choir, like the movie, like Glee, you know, that kind of thing. But I was not really solo material. I, this was more yeah, of same a, same here i was in <laughs> choir i was never asked to be at the front of the class right right, right. <laughs> like, like go ahead sing a little in lower volume yeah. in the back go ahead like just let's <laughs> turn down your mic a little bit later mm -hmm. no but it was but I, you know but you know what i mean you could carry a tune but and i could mm -hmm. carry a tune but it wasn't like necessarily like people would want to hear that we weren't, uh, quote, talented, super talented it wasn't the, vocally, no, it right? Wasn't star, star search material at all. Mm -mm. What I, mean. um, I did have a solo in Pippin uh, when I was in Pippin. <laughs> and that was, the, the line was sex presented pastorally. And it was like, sex presented pastorally. You know, it was like really like sexy sounding, which was funny in high school. I was like 16 or 17 or whatever singing that. And everybody was like, oh. You know, right. risque. Yeah, yeah. It was risque, but it was like supposed to be that way. And I was the only one with the, you know, the, vo the, the voice to do it. And, and I'm drawn, like I said, I don't, I was like, okay, I'll do it. I don't care. Uh, so yeah, other than that, no singing really in my life. Um, but I always knew that I could do these things and um, I just, you know, unfortunately, you know, backs you know, a side story and I won't go into it too much, but you know, my family life was really weird and odd and I was going through a lot of weird, odd stuff in high school. And I had a really embarrassingly low self-esteem and I didn't believe that I could go further with acting. Just, I wasn't pretty enough. I wasn't this enough. I wasn't that enough. I wasn't talented enough. Um, and I actually had friends that went on to and, and worked in the, in theater and, and and worked you know uh, working actors today but i just was like you know as, as much as i and i implore i i have two stepdaughters 25 and, and 23 and any anybody that ever will listen to me i always tell people like you you i believe everybody knows what is in their heart that they want to do if you don't know i'm a big believer in energy like in in location for example, uh, my my oldest stepdaughter, she's 25, and she's she's always loved the ocean. You know, she just and she doesn't, you know, not sure what she wanted to do. You know, go to the ocean. You know, just go, go there and 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 figure it out. 
for me, um, uh, like, and, and, the, and I believe in the antithesis of, you know, the antithesis of that. I hate being in a garage. Like I, like if I go have to go to like get my car fixed, I'm like, I feel like I just, I'm going to die. Like, I, <laughs> you know, I lay down. I'm not a fan of shopping. So I, I totally I, get what you mean. I know the thing. Yeah. When you see all the men during Christmas that are laying around taking a nap in the mall, that's how I am in a, in a garage. Exactly. Right. That is, and, 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 and I, I like to shop more than that, but it's not something that gets me going. The theater. I always end up making friends with a ninety-year-old guy named Norm right. when He's I like, end up going shopping with somebody else. Like that's yeah, <laughs> I'm going. He's like, look at, you. and then next thing you know, you both are asleep too. You know, like. And you're holding oh, no, back. I found out that Norm retired 40 years ago oh, and he's got oh, three good. grand great grandkids and like he tells Make me his entire life story. Yeah, my mom goes around the corner and she's like, what the hell's okay. wrong with you? Why are you talking to this old man? <laughs> yeah, no, but that's good though. I mean, it's, but you, but you know what I'm saying? Like there's a, there, there are spaces where we are, I just believe that our molecules respond to. Yeah. Um, and, the and my brain was, just rejects completely. Like, yeah, just and, no, I, I don't yeah. want to, I'm, I'm not, not going to process yeah, anything. Yeah, right. And the theater was the reverse for me. I was energized. I would take my homework. We had a big amphitheater in the high school I went to. And I, whether I had to be there for play practice or not, like I said, I was usually in the choir or the chorus. And, you know, usually they, they do weeks up, you know, where they work with the, you know, principals. And I would get permission. And I would go do my homework and just sit there. And I just loved, I would be energized and I would do my homework and I would be there. And during those times when I was in plays, my life was just really in place and I just felt right. And so I didn't listen to that. I didn't even entertain it because I wasn't good enough. I'd never taken dance. I couldn't, you know, I could sing, but I wasn't, I wasn't, you know, the best singer. Um, you know, I had, I didn't think I was that great of an actress and blah, blah, blah. And so I just said no. And the funny thing is of so those years for, oh my gosh, from 18 until 28, I waited tables and tinted bar. It's like, you should have been an actor anyway. That's what most of them are doing anyway. I could have been doing no that is like the right? cliche oh, yeah. out of actress uh, or out of work actress gig yeah. like yeah. <coughs> oh dude funny. the whole world you know if you've ever have you have you ever been to LA uh I have until recently made it my objective to never go there uh, <laughs> I see I love LA I really I love being there because everybody's an actor everybody you get in the you know you get in your uber from the airport and you're going to your hotel and you start up a company and then you find out they're your uber driver they're all actors you know it's and it's an easy gig to be in the service industry and be an actor because your schedule is more flexible so if you need to go on an audition or something like that you can do so Usually so, you can get somebody to cover your shift yeah, and just, then like right. you guys trade neighbor, favors. You right. Time out, you know, but that's, that's right. why so many are, are um, you know, doing what they do as far as, you know, waiting tables or bartending. And so that's, you know, that's the funny thing is I could have been doing I've that. I've heard people way. joke that the new thing is uh, it used to be in the 80s and 90s, people in LA were always saying like, yeah, I'm an actor. Now the new thing is to say that you have a podcast. So I have that oh, yeah. in common <laughs> with all those people. Yeah. <laughs> But the cool yeah. thing is you don't have to live in LA to be a podcaster, you know, um, no, obviously not the internet, the internet and our digital world has changed uh, how these things are done. And case in point, voice acting is like that. You know, I don't have to live in LA or New York anymore. Um, you used to have to, and the, you would literally 
drive to an audition like a like an on-camera person and go into an audition and and be in a cattle call with everybody else and you walk into the booth and you do your thing and and they sit there and they call you back or not or and it was that's the way it was right and whether or not you look schleppy it might determine whether or not you get the audition whereas in the 21st century we might you might get a little more (laughs) yeah well and you know in voice acting too they don't really care so much they really don't you would think they would it, it would happen it would factor into it it really doesn't um because you know the people that hire at least at that level where you do these high level jobs they um they're really good at hearing what they want to hear you know so they right but i hope that smelling what they need to smell like doesn't play a factor like i hope that (laughs) i just imagine that somebody every once in a while gets a gig for a voice acting job who is, is like subpar in other categories <laughs> like, oh, like personal yeah. hygiene and it's, like it's it's usually um you know it's that joke about you know having a face for radio you know right that, right that no i've so, i've obviously sure. heard that yeah. joke before but people have a, made that joke right. to me <laughs> oh that's not cool that's not cool at all these are my but, friends these are yeah. the people i love <laughs> i don't like that anyway but no that's um I think that, you know, of course, there are gorgeous voice actors, beautiful, beautiful voice actors. There are a lot of famous people that are doing voice acting now, you know, are, you know celebrities, A-listers and stuff like Mercedes is John Hamm, um, you know, Tylenol is Susan Sarandon or was, I don't know if she's still doing that or not. Um, but anyway, so at these, at that. Mark Hamill did the Joker. Oh yeah. And he was great at the Joker too. So. He's uh, phenomenally terrifying as the Joker. Oh, he's so good as a Joker. And a lot of people like him more as the Joker than yeah. as Luke Skywalker. Right. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's insane, sane, sane as, as the Joker. Um, so, yeah, there's, there's A-lessers that, like... James Mercer is another name. If you've never heard of him, it would be worth uh, looking into who he is and okay. what he does. Um, but he's a, he's a voice actor who's been in uh, probably 20 different video games. Oh, right on. And he yeah. does uh, Critical Role, which is a D&D um, oh, right on. role-playing game on video that they do on YouTube. So you can watch him and his voice actor friends literally play these characters that they invent for their D&D campaigns. Oh, and wow. And then, like, they have the maps built out, and that you watch them, in a sense, play these voice characters which is odd because like there's no cartoons to go along with it so you're just staring at them in a giant room around a table trying to do these characters uh but it's worth looking into i think uh, especially somebody who's in your your line of business yeah Uh, and the audience members out there this isn't they they don't sponsor the show this is just a personal endorsement for me that all of those people are amazing um how did you what provoked you so you've had like, you're okay. Uh, you admitted already roughly how old you are, which yeah. I appreciate yeah, that so you're all, brave. So That's awesome. <laughs> I, have, I have no shame. So like care. roughly 25 years mm. goes by. Yeah. And what provokes you to, to make your first audition or to try voice acting out for the first time? Well, so I, um, you know, I did those years of, of waiting tables and bartending and just partying like a rock star. I had a lot of great times. I lived in Kansas City at the time and, and 
and like was very well known in the bar scene there in Kansas City, had a really good time. And um, around 28, 29, I decided I was going to clean up my act and, and I decided to go legit. So I um, went and became a legal secretary and paralegal. Big jump big jump from you know going to bed at 7 a.m to having to get up at 7 a.m but i just was like oh god i just don't i can't do this my whole life so i decided to to go legit and there's a piece of me that is also that person so i worked uh for a, a while in litigation and then specifically intellectual property litigation so I was, you know, I've been, I'm a very organized person. And also I'm, like I said, I'm attention seeking. So a lot of these attorneys that I would work with, they're very type A kind of person. And you kind of had to be kind of tough to work with them. Uh, it's fast moving, you know, there's no, no bullshit. No one's holding your hand. You know, it's like, you know, where's that fucking file kind of thing. You know, that's, it's like, you got to go here, it's right here. And quit. Be ready. Be ready yeah, now. Yeah. Right. And, and so I, I, there was a part of me that really liked that. Um, it was high, you know, it was stressful, but I found that every, almost every job I ever had for one reason or another, I was always ended up performing somehow, maybe giving the speech at here or doing this or making the phone thing here or whatever. There was always a, a there was always, you were always, the go-to presentation uh, person. Yeah, was, there was always a performance piece that, that I was always like, yeah, I'll do it. I, I just didn't care. I knew there was something weird about me. I went to a, a exhibition game. And I can't remember who played. I'm not I love how you phrase that. Right. I knew that there was something weird about me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, listen to this. So like to, a missing piece or well, a crucial right. part of my character that no, I didn't weird. realize. Something weird about me. <laughs> it was weird because I went to this. It was. I want to say it was the Lakers, and I can't remember who the other basketball team was. I it, Kansas City didn't have a professional um nba team and As was, they shouldn't right right they had the team i was like a <laughs> I'm little from kid. detroit so we're oh. natural rivals so i just right. like to talk oh, shit about chiefs. kansas city uh, <laughs> go chiefs. yeah 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 i can't believe how awesome the chiefs are this year i'm so excited yeah, anyway, I, i'm um, a lions fan so i'm cursed yeah. <laughs> well you guys were good for a while but it's been a long while and we haven't been good for like really, really good like this. And since I was, well, I think the last time they were in the Super Bowl, I was two. And the last time they won, I don't think I was born yet. Or maybe I was like four. Yeah, I was, I was like four months old. So yeah, it's been a long time. I don't um, want to talk about it. I'm My sorry, team well, is doomed for I. failure. <laughs> back around. It'll, you know, you'll come back around. Uh, so, da, 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 da. Um, so you're doing all this performance stuff uh, incidentally not, for work oh, that you had done story. over the years. So I'm at this NBA, uh, a friend of mine had tickets to this NBA um, exhibition game. So it was two NBA teams, right? And so there, and it's in this, in um, Kemper Arena, which holds like, you know, 50,000 people or whatever. I mean, it's, you know, tens of thousands of people are in this thing. And I get selected to do this halftime game of all these people i'm like okay and so i have to go down and we're going through the tunnels and, and there and it's other people are there with us there's like a total of 10 of us and it's this game where you you know the girl and guy are paired up and the guy is blindfolded and i have to maneuver we didn't win but my point in telling this story is that we had to do this at halftime when there's tens of thousands of people going to be looking at us mm -hmm. 
And I look around at the, and they're telling us what we're going to do. And I look around and everybody else, they're, they're like pasty white and they're terrified, almost like, like going to get sick to their stomach because they're so scared. Right. All these bodies are looking at them. Right. You've like, got what? the entire circular arena. Right. And the people in our, you. Your section is going to cheer for you. You know, right. like my section was going to cheer for that. You know how they, those things go. And I was like, I was so excited. I couldn't wait to get out there. <laughs> so, Your heart's racing in the, like, like completely opposite way. Excitement levels 10. Me. And I was like, there was a piece of my brain that was very excited about this. And I looked around and I was, and I was like, cheer, and then the cheerleader in me, I'm like, you guys, it's going to be so much fun. We're going to have a blast. Oh my gosh. And it was, it was, it was really fun. And we laughed a lot. And we, I like, I said, we didn't win and I don't think I got a hot dog out of it or something, but, but that was, it was like a big moment for me. It was like, there, cause there's something wrong with you, girl. There's something wrong with you. Right, you're but, addicted. At I'm that addicted. point you knew, yeah. you knew it. Yeah, that it was, was like, the realization of like, I, I really do have to be this, this centerpiece to something. Well, and, and I have to so be a part years, of it. I hid that like my little light under the bushel. I, I hid it. I made it. You know, and I'm also, you know, I grew up in the 90s, you know, I grew up in the 80s, but in the 90s is when I was a young adult. And, you know, it was like grunge was a big deal. And I, I mean, I would go to bed. Yeah, I love it. I'm absolutely yeah. obsessed. I'm totally I, with you. Right. And, and I love grunge music and I love, I went to bars and listened to, you know, I saw the freaking Smashing Pumpkins at a little tiny, tiny, tiny bar called the Grand Emporium in, in Kansas City. There were like 10 people there. And I just remember being like, completely blown away i bought their cd from the band from freaking well i was actually from darcy billy corgan was talking at the bar to somebody else but literally i was like hey i love your band she's like oh, cool. i bought a cd from them i don't know what that cd i lost it in a breakup but that was it was <laughs> such a great like you know i love music like that and and but it wasn't cool in the lost it in a breakup has got to be one of the most relatable lines that this <laughs> right? podcast has ever had he was with us when, when i, I would have taken I, my I, dignity over the cd frankly I but i've always it, seemed to lose out on the dignity part I was of always <laughs> so i'm pretty sure he paid for it so it's like maybe it was but it was my idea to buy it and you know, but my point is that I'll tell him that it's like the 90s, you know, grunge music in the 90s and being a young adult during this time, it wasn't cool to be um, a performer. Outspoken. And, yeah, and yeah. And to be sunny and to be a <clears throat> kind of person. And I just am, I'm really animated and I like, I do kind of have a sunny side of life attitude. And I definitely had a negative disposition all of the cheerleaders yeah. at my high school. Right. Until I got to a certain age where I was like, dude, like, what's your problem? Right. Like, just be friends with people. Most Everybody's people. Are really nice people. We've just been villainized. We have been villainized. Well, there were moments where I thought that you were toxically <laughs> too happy. Like, there was, like, toxic <laughs> optimism. I was, if I were, like, I'd be at a party, like a little, you know, like a get-together party where I was just, like, hanging out and chilling out, and I'd show up, and someone literally would go, he brought the rah-rah. Like, and I'd be like, 
I, I imagine cheerleaders it. as girls who, uh, not girls, I mean people, because they're male cheerleaders, yes. people who under um, very strenuous, stressful circumstances, like say the end of the world, yeah. and they're just like, come on guys, it's going to be great. And I'm <laughs> like, I don't think you understand what sort of stress we're all under right now. That's kind of <laughs> how I'm, I'm drawn that way. I'm like, yay. You're, you know, you're in denial, frankly. Right. No. <laughs> but the, uh, so like, oh, oh my God, oh, I was at this bar called The Hurricane once in Kansas City, which is a really cool bar. And it was during this, you know, this time period where it was like, you know, it's like 96, you know, something like that. And, and uh, you know, everybody's like sitting and you know, everybody's really cool and smoking their cigs and their flannels and listen, you know, drinking Jaeger. And, and um, it, it was, there were DJs there, but they didn't, you know, it wasn't like a lot of techno or anything like that. But they, at the moment, because there was going to be a band that played. Right, they're like MCs in the classic sense, yeah, not so, DJs the way that we're used to them in the 21st century. It was obviously around October because the DJ played Thriller. And and this is before everybody did Thriller. And this is like, you know, I knew Thriller because I'm of the age that I it was played every hour on the hour for like two years on MTV. And I know that freaking dance by heart. And I hadn't done it in a million years, right? And I just am like, you know, seriously buzzed and Thriller comes on and everybody's and like, the all in their eyes. <laughs> I freaking got up there and did the dance and people were dying. There was a circle around me. They were high-fiving me. They were laughing their asses up. They thought it was hilarious. And the guy I was on a date with who I, he was my boyfriend. It wasn't a date. I was like my boyfriend. I came back down to the bar and he was gone. And I'm like, where did he go? And the bartender was like, he got embarrassed and laughed. I was like, oh, fuck him. You know, it's like. But, <laughs> he he yeah, saw you I, starting to do Thriller and he bailed. Because I was <laughs> like, he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, you know, and he laughed. And we don't. We Why she got to tell the whole bar how old we all are? <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it was, you know, this, but this was a long time ago. I mean, I was only like 25 or something at the time. And, and everybody else said it was really funny, but it wasn't cool to be campy and silly at that time period everybody was very like Kurt Cobain-ish see I disagree with the, the society in general like I've always had this rebellious nature about me that's who I am is I've I've taken some of that like punk 90s grunge stuff yeah. and like ran with it so like fuck society and if like right. you want to be campy be campy and exactly. like have a good time like totally right. do whatever yeah. you feel like doing yeah. but keep in mind other people are going to feel or do what they feel like doing which yeah. in most circumstances yeah. is going to be making fun of you <laughs> right. and, and, you know the beauty of getting older is I don't care I mean, I right. don't care anymore. I really don't. If I'm going to do Thriller in a bar, I'm going to do Thriller in a bar. And if you can I... enjoy me or, or, or make fun of me, I don't care. But at the time, I was like, I was devastated. And I was like, and there was- I a, will like, honestly do both. I'll spend yeah. about ha a minute and a half oh, making fun of you. And then the and last 13 and a half minutes, right, right I'll be in there right. with yeah, you. Goddamn song was it is, so, isn't it like 15 minutes long? The song itself, <laughs> it was on the album, I think is like six minutes. But with the video, you know. It's they. It's, I remember the oh, video being enormously long. It felt long. like a, and if you watch it a today, masterpiece. It, it still, yeah, it still holds up. The dancing in it is insane. There, it's a, it's wicked cool. So yeah, I mean, but that's. I mean, like I said, I just have been that person. And as I got older, and I started to realize it more and more that that's just how I am. I got to stop hiding this. You know, I I got to just be this person. 
so anyway, I'm working at the, I get married and I'm working at this um, law firm and I have a baby and um, I was, you know, my, my son got really, really sick, um, really sick. And so I had to stay home from work. I quit my job um, to care for him because I, I couldn't find work um, that, I mean, he was so sick. I couldn't, I had to, I had to quit. Right. My husband makes more money than I do or, you know, well, he still does, but not by much. I'm on his tail. But the, the, um, at the time he was making more money and I would joke around all the time. I'm like, it's because I have a vagina that I had to stay home with my child. And I'm not a natural, like I was all about putting my kid in, you know, daycares and stuff like that. I was like, I have a problem with that. You're a working mom. Uh, I never wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Not that there's anything wrong with that i totally want to be a stay-at-home they, mom if oh there's anybody out there looking for a stay-at-home <laughs> mom i volunteer contact I, me anytime <laughs> talking chaos podcast gmail.com there you go there you go ladies we got us um, over here because that's there seriously it's it's a hard job and you have to be so organized and then well and i don't work <laughs> <laughs> you're like this is, this is my job right right exactly so, but anyway I didn't make enough money to stay home. Anyway, but I'm half joking. Of course, I wanted to be with my son. Um, I I was worried sick, and he was sick, and he's he's still these special needs. Um, he is 14 now, and he's you know his health is a lot better, uh, physical health, but he is intellectually impaired, and he's also autistic. So he's you know, and he'll probably live with my husband and I for the rest of his life. And then during that process I you know when I'm thinking at the time I'm going to nurse him back to health and he's going to get better and I'll go back to work and then I have a oopsie baby um I might find myself pregnant uh, I know how to not be pregnant but for some reason I just forgot I don't know what I was thinking but I'm so glad that she's here she is my my actually my bonus baby my bonus oh. baby she's 11 now and she is hilarious and so cool and she's a she's a great artist my and, daughter's about to be four in march uh, yeah and there's something and about girls aren't they just the best too she's crazy like <laughs> so is mine. this kid my mom gets her her <clears throat> like an outfit for christmas yeah holidays weren't that long ago she opens the box pulls up the pants and she's just looking at us with this scowl Oh, it's what? like, and we're like, what's wrong, sweetheart? And she goes, Gigi, did you pick these out? And she goes, yeah, don't you like them? And she goes, these are the ugliest pants I have oh. ever seen. Oh my God. Oh my God. She's, <laughs> she's, she's hilarious. So funny. <laughs> I love the honesty. I absolutely yeah. love it. I don't yeah. <laughs> I, like, so cool. she knows how to be nice it wasn't yeah. something she was doing out of rudeness she but was it was just honest. this brutal just yeah. like these are the yeah. ugliest fans i hear you yeah i laugh so hard when i think about it because she's yeah. like what's she gonna be like when she's 11 no i'm totally terrified and yeah, cursed apparently yeah and and so that is my when i had my my baby girl when sienna that's her name when sienna was born um, she just came out like, you know, no one put me in a corner. Feisty. Oh, she yeah. was feisty and, and a fighter and fiercely independent. 
So as dependent as I wonder where she got all of these ridiculously awesome female (laughs) qualities. Hmm. I hope it's, I like to think it's for me, but I don't know. But she's very headstrong and and she's funny, but she is an insane artist. She's really, really talented. So, um, yeah, so all that was going on. And so I'm like not working. Uh, so that's cool. I just like resigned myself to being a stay at home mom for whatever length of time. And I was like, cool with that and, um, made my peace with it. And, uh, we decided we were in Kansas city at the time and my husband, uh, was an air traffic controller. And so we decided we were going to move down to Houston. We just had it with the snow. Kansas city had this, this one year, like six years ago, had this historic freaking snow one season. We're like, we had more snow than Alaska. And it was like, I'm from Michigan. I have no sympathy for you. I know, but I hated it. I, I just, it, this, I hate it too. And I'm looking at it out my window. (laughs) So beautiful. Several inches. You turn around and you go, I have to live in this shit. Like I, and some people love it. And I want to go for a walk and I can't, I'll die. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do that. So, yeah, so exactly. So you you know what I'm talking about. So we had an opportunity to move to Houston, which had we were looking at the you know just like where should we go? Because you know he could travel anywhere and you know re- relocate anywhere. Where should we go? And he was like, "Where's Houston? Houston's like 82 today. Like, let's go there." And so we put in and long story long, we moved to Houston. And about that same time, Sienna was old enough to go to kindergarten. So Kai's in school. Sienna's in kindergarten. I unpack the house. I'm sitting there one day and I start watching Sherlock. Did you ever watch that series? Sherlock? You're talking about the Benedict Cumberbatch yes. show? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Big fan. Huge fan. I like I got obsessed with this show, right? Right. Um, Stephen Moffat uh, did a fantastic oh, job. Yeah. I can't believe what he did with it. And uh Benedict Cumberbatch and um what's his name? I can't remember his name. Yeah. Oh God, I can't think of his name either. And he's been so many great things. He was in the, the Lord of the Rings, um, the Hobbit, rather. Um, I know the the audience audience members on, have, have call it. In. Call in, audience. No, there's no. <laughs> I wish they could. <laughs> Why would you tempt them with this? I'm um, um, hold on, hold on. Freeman. Um, I'm looking it up. And why is it in Freeman? Um, uh, is it Michael Morgan? Mor- not Morgan. <laughs> um, Martin Freeman. Martin. And who Martin played- Freeman. Yeah. So I'm watching this show and I'm like, just completely overwhelmed at the acting in it. Right. I mean, it's just, it's so, it, the, this, the work on the show, the directing, the writing, oh my God, the scripts were insane. Um, and every episode is like a movie. Yeah. yeah. And and it just, it something about it made me profoundly sad. Like I was like, all of this is gone. Like I didn't get to do any of this. And that's like, I, this is like, it just looks like such a joy. And so I started reading about Benedict Cumberbatch and he was talking about how he just knew that he wanted to do this since he was, you know, a kid. And then he just decided to go to school and study it and all these things, all the things that I didn't do. And I said, well, screw it. You know, I was 45 and I thought I'll take some on-camera classes. So that's what start, how it started. I went to an on-camera work class, um, a commercial class, 
and started working with a gentleman named Deke Anderson. He's been in a whole bunch of stuff, um, but he, um, they had, you know, every, we, we work on a scene, we, you know, he'd, and he'd throw stuff at us, you know, we'd get some dialogue and then he would have us do it sad or do it happy or do it this or do it, and which was, you know, a, you know, a really fun exercise, but he would always tape us. And so we would watch our playbacks at the end of every class. And our classes were like four hours long. We met once a week. This and, is the part that agonizes me. Oh, I God. That, on camera? Playbacks. I, I can't do the... And the last sucks. time I'd really seen myself on any kind of thing like that, like moving, I was like 18. I had aged. So I was like, Jesus, God, when did I get so old? You know, I was like, oh, <laughs> I'm freaking old. And, but that wasn't the thing... That was, you know, so, you know, that was hard. And I would shut my eyes, but almost inevitably every class, the, the, when we would, they would, they play it and then people would talk about it. And almost always someone would make a comment about my voice. They would say, your voice is insane. Cause it would just fill up the room. You had a really nice boom mic. And I'm like, I've never had anyone say anything about my voice except for, are you sick? You know, because it's like so rapid. <laughs> like, I'm, you know, when I was waiting tables, like, how are you guys doing today? I'm like, oh, God, are you sick? I'm like, no, this is how I talk. You know, I'm like, oh, wow. And then they go, oh, it's sexy. It's like Demi Moore. I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm either sick or I'm Demi Moore. I'm not sure. You know, like, that's just kind of how people usually felt about it. So anyway, um, I could never really be an actress on camera or um, theater still because of my schedule because my son you know I there's mm-hmm. after school care and stuff like that and so I just that's not where I'm at so I was talking to my you know talking to people in class about it and someone mentioned well, what about voice acting and I was like what's that I mean I like you I was like not aware of that it's everywhere and they're like oh my gosh anyway uh, I, that started me on the, so I started looking into it and researching people and I get asked to this day, like probably once a week, someone will come to me that's interested in voice acting and how to get started. And that's a huge, you know, that's a topic in and of itself, but, um, that's, that, that's the long story. You know, I've always been a performer in one shape or another, and it's like this voice acting everything kind of fell into place because it it fulfills all my needs you know i get a chance to to be an actor to be a performer and work on my craft and i consider it a craft i really do i i'm very no everything that i've seen of yours that's on your website you put an astounding amount of effort into and people can tell i can tell anybody who checks it out which i recommend everybody does heatherfostervoice.com heatherfostervoice.com yep and i'm um it's it's a very apparent that you're and i uh i even went (laughs) this is gonna be funny i even went back and i checked out some of your youtube content which is very funny and interesting um it's all over i I encourage you to go back to to trying to do that and i have people say that to me all the time and i i don't know why i'm scared of youtube youtube gives me the creeps and i and i because i don't understand the yeah as well because i'm older you know and it seems to be like you know young kids seem to understand it and thank you for saying that because i people say like why why do you we'll talk later when we're not on air about (laughs) some things that i i think you could definitely take advantage of uh thank you I appreciate the, that. <laughs> I do, um, we're going to take a time out for a brief second. I'm going to wrap up the first half of the show. And if you guys want to listen to the rest of uh, 
Heather and I's time together, check out my Patreon at patreon.com slash talking chaos. And we're going to, I'm going to try to pry out some of these more adventurous um, stories that Heather's had in, in her youth and see if she's going to allow us to dig into that a little bit. So find out if I have success uh, and check us out later on. Thank you guys for tuning in this week and we'll have more for you next week on talking chaos. Thank you.